0: Well folks, it's Jerry Adams or Iish. Augustulogum Govelshepsha Gumoi. Tan I'm sure Galanta folks, August Skidbyog Nis Mo Fu Shen a couple of, a of, a of but our deuce Kahime a Hossey La the, the battle for Moir Street. So most of you will know that Moore Street in Dublin City Centre is a special place in the history of Ireland. It was in Moor Street and the surrounding streets and laneways and at the nearby GPO that a fierce battle was fought between 1916 and the Republican forces and the British Army. And number 16 Moor Street was where five of the signatories of the proclamation held their last meeting before the surrender. The National Museum of Ireland has described Moor Street as, and I quote, the most important historic site in modern Irish history. Now, regrettably, not everyone sees it that way. In the late 1990s, the Moor Street Terrace was scheduled for demolition. Later, a developer produced a plan that would have destroyed much of the site. An alliance of Relatives of the signatories of those who fought in 1916, republicans and a range of other groups and individuals commenced a campaign to save Moor Street. And their dedication to the development of the site as a cultural and historic quarter in which the 1916 buildings and streetscape would be preserved for future generations was matched by the determination of successive Irish governments to hand most of the land over the private developers for profit. I've visited historic landmarks in other places. Robben Island in South Africa was an infamous prison where ANC and other political prisoners were held for decades under the most cruel regime. It's now a world Heritage site. In Europe, the battlegrounds of former wars are protected and the cemeteries of their dead looked after and cared for. It's the same in the USA. i visited Independence Hall in Philadelphia where the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution was debated and adopted. The building is now a UNESCO site. But in Dublin we have Irish governments with no sense of the history of their own land. Or perhaps they do have a sense of the history of their own land. And that's why they have no imagination, no vision for the future. Only four houses, 14 to 17 Moor Street, were adopted by the Irish government in 2007 after a long campaign. And these are to be preserved as a national monument. But 14 years later, no work has been carried out. The buildings remain derelict and sealed off from the public. In the meantime, another developer has been trying to achieve what the others failed. The public campaign to preserve Moor Street and the 1916 battlefield site entered a new phase last week with the publication by the Moor Street Preservation Trust and relatives of the 1916 signatories put forward their preliminary plan for the area. The plan was published several days after the property company also announced it had submitted the first three of six planning applications it intends lodging to cover the Dublin central site. In an initial response to that plan, James Connolly Hearn, great-grandson of James Connolly and spokesperson for the Moor Street Preservation Trust, criticised it as falling far short of what the site needs. Conley Hearn was especially critical of the remarkably extraordinary intervention by a t- Antichok Mihol Martin, who provided an endorsement of the plan, quite unprecedented, which the developer carried in the media announcement of their proposal. So here we have uh, a PR spin by a private developer, which has contained in it an endorsement by Antichok. Dr. Owen Henfeyn, Mary Lou MacDonald, challenged this in the doll. She said, we now have the disgraceful situation where a government that supports a plan to turn one of the most significant sites in modern Irish history over to a private developer. Shame on the government for taking that stance. The Murray Street Preservation Trust and the relatives of the signatories published a preliminary copy of their plan, commissioned by the Trust and devised by leading architects of workshop Cork and Kelly and Cogan, Dublin. This plan presents an imaginative and realistic way forward for an area neglected for generations. The 1916 terrace will be restored. The ground floor shop slat with the overshop living Accommodation facilitated. Existing ancillary buildings at the rear of the terrace will be converted for retail, for cafe, for restaurant use. New builds within the block will provide 45 units in muse and loft style developments, a theatre space, a public meeting hall. Incubator retail units and workshops will be woven into the ground floors of these the terrace gardens will be exposed and restored for public use. and the centuries-old street marketing trading tradition, long in decline will be retained and enhanced with the reopening of all pitches and the revision of storage and washroom facilities for the traders. This plan conforms to the recommendations of the Minister's Advisory Group on the Moor Street 2021 Committee and the Lord Mayor's Forum of the same year. It also has the support of a wide range of individuals and groups, including the 1916 relatives of the 16 executed leaders, the GPO, and relatives, Sinn Féin, People Before Profit, the Green Party, as well as well-known writers, historians, artists, and actors, including Adrian Dunbar, Tim Pat Coogan, Damien Dempsey, Frances Black, Christy Moore, Rune O'Donnell, Paul Rowan, Saoirse Roan, Vanilla Flanagan, Robert Balla, Jim Fitzpatrick, and SIP2 have also come out in support of this plan. So if you want to also support the plan, then go to https forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com Moor Street Trust and join the battle to preserve this historic quarter. Speaking of historic quarters, there has been great news about the reclaiming of Belfast city centre to reflect the breadth and the width of the citizens of this city and also its progressive history. And that will include a statue for Frederick Douglass Frederick Douglass was an escaped slave. He travelled from the USA to Ireland in 1847. He toured the island talking about slavery and telling of his experiences. And he gave his first lecture in Dublin in September 1845. He also went to Wexford, Waterford, Cork, Limerick and Belfast. He returned to Belfast another four times. Ireland was, in his own words, transformative. He said of his time here that he would become a man rather than a shuttle. He also came to see the issue of slavery not in isolation but as part of a wider campaign for equality and social justice. Professor Christine Keneally is the foremost expert in Douglas and especially on his time in Ireland. She's the director of Ireland's Great Hunger Institute at pack University, and in 2018 produced a definitive account of Douglas's time on this island, taken from his own letters. It's called Frederick Douglass and Ireland in his own words. Most recently, she has finished working on a walking map, Frederick Douglass Way, Dublin, 1845 to 1846, and she's now working on a Belfast walking map, which identifies many of the locations where Douglas addressed Belfast citizens. And among the places identified are the grave of Mary Ann McCracken, abolitionist and humanitarian, founder of the Belfast Auxiliary Female Anti-Slavery Society, Tifton Street Cemetery. The Lancastrian schoolroom, 42 Frederick Street, which is the facade remains of Quaker House, where Douglas lectured on temperance, Cathedral Quarter Independent Meeting House, Donegal Street, where he gave his first and last lecture on the 6th of October, Sny Redeemer Central. Victoria Hotel, formerly Royal Temperance Hotel, in Waring Street, where he stayed. Rosemary Street First Presbyterian Church, where he lectured to a large audience. Douglas's close association with Belfast should be a matter of great public pride. This map will be an important addition to the story. And as we advance towards the day when a statue will be erected, we can all rejoice in this history. And just as I record this from Dublin City Council Commemorations Committee on a proposal put by Sinn Féin Councillor Mihal McDonagh, it has been agreed to erect a plaque to Frederick Douglass. And this will be on the Irish Film Institute Institute Street, where he spoke when it was the Society of Friends meeting house. And finally, we're having great weather, Mara and Yilga. and I'm thinking of launching a celebrate the good weather while it lasts campaign. Now the celebrate the good weather while it lasts will endeavour to get people to express unconditional delight about whatever weather we have. Down with glum assessments about our climate and that sort of thing. Maybe it's an Irish thing, maybe not, maybe other people are also obsessed by the weather, or maybe not. We Irish all the time converse about what lies in store for us weatherways, sometimes quoting TV weather forecasters, as if they were ancient prophets. And we're usually pessimistic. Why do we describe a rainy day as a bad day? Why, when the day is sunny, to be worn all on sundry that it won't last? Some will even remark, Well, that's our summer over after a few hours of sunshine. And when I say to anyone it's a fine day, they invariably respond with, Yeah, aye, but there's rain on the way. Nine times out of ten, that, or a variation of it, is the reaction. It's like they're wishing the sun away. And dark clouds are non-party political. Many a time, even the most sunny, cheerful DUP representative has greeted my, good morning, imagine my, isn't the weather great, with aye, but it's going to break later on. That's something else we have in common. But remember, without the rain, our island would not be an emerald island. But you would think we would appreciate the sun all the more when it does visit us. So let's give thanks for the weather we have, especially these days when the sun brightens up everything. I remember talking to a friend of mine who did time in prison in France. He also did time in prison here. He was very unlucky. What was the difference, I said to him, about doing time in Ireland and doing time in France. He reflected for a wee while before answering. And then finally and thoughtfully he said, Nobody in jail in France talked about the weather. I rest my case. Up the celebrate the good weather while it lasts. I almost forgot <laughs> the letters. So celebrate the good weather while it lasts. And I also want to bid farewell to our friend Arie Foster who is going to bow out of public life here although she seems to be hinting that she might take up public life in our nearest offshore island if she is asked. So I thought we would finish with uh, So long It's been good to know you so long It's been good to know ya Good luck Arling to you And your family And may you go well in the time ahead And I leave the last song to you And to Mr. Sinatra That's life That's what all the people say <laughs> You're riding high ain't down in But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June